Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like the show, if you like what you're hearing, please give us that five-star review. And as always, we taught judging in MMA. You can read the criteria at abcboxing.com. Dan, we're back again with another Friday show. We we took a little break. We're you know we're still not gonna be doing this every week, but obviously we've got some uh, some bigger fights uh, this weekend. We got a pay per view. So uh, how's it how's it feel to be back at it for another midweek? That's a good week recording. off. Yeah, I think so. Good little recharge. Yeah, two two a week that we've been doing ever since. Uh, I pretty much. Once the UFC got back up and and going after the pandemic, yeah, definitely uh, took us all. We we have never taken a week off since we started this show. You know that minus the weeks I had COVID. That's not the same. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, put it this way: since you got back from you yes. know fighting off the deadly disease that we have been still trying to climb our way out of, which is well over a year ago, no weeks off. I think we do a pretty good job. Yeah. Pat ourselves consistent. on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that probably makes us like the greatest podcast of all time, right? I would give us that award. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think we need somebody probably to go, rah, 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 yeah. and then send us something, right? <laughs> Is that how it works? Yes. All right. All right. We'll, we'll see if we can get anybody to, to pay us our due respect here. Or just give us like a billion dollars. That, that would be okay. That would you be don't awesome. Need, you could tell us we stink, but if you give us a billion dollars, that's fine. billion dollars would be... Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But then we will probably stop the podcast. I guess so, yeah. No, I don't know. I think we could still do it. We probably know. would would do it bigger. No. I mean, I, I don't think we'd be in, in this room. No, we would not be in the room surrounded by your clothes. Yeah. That's true. And your uh, your Funko Pops. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like I said, this is you know a week before a, or a, or a few days before. In fact, when you're listening to this, it's a day before the UFC pay-per-view UFC 265 in Houston, headlined by Houston native Derek Lewis, fighting against Cyril Gann for the interim heavyweight title that had no business being created. But here we are. It's a really good fight. Uh, you know, we'll talk about it as far as what we think is going to happen out of this. But just in general, I mean, what, do you, what are the real stakes for this? Like for you as a fan? As a fan, I mean, I like the card. I like there's a lot of good matchups mm-hmm. on it, and I'm excited for that. I think. This being an interim title fight sours people's opinions of the card as a whole. Yeah, I think it did more harm than good. So we lost Nunez due to COVID. Of course. Uh, She's back in the gym already. But a world-class athlete, I wouldn't expect she wouldn't be. And I think, it, the neg- like you said, the negative is, is harming it more than, it, than it's helping it. No one's even going to look at Derek Lewis or Cyril Gant as the champ or, or realistically like the alternative champ or anything like that, which is essentially what an interim champion is supposed to be. Yeah, it's just a placeholder. Uh, but D- Derek Lewis did say he's looking at this like the real belt. Whether he was told to say that or not, I don't think Derek Lewis uh, lets anyone tell him what to say. Look, he, so. he, he is more than welcome to view this however he pleases because it is, in fact, being treated as a championship fight. So... He wants to treat it that way, given the, the the rough road that he's taking to get here. Fine. I, I have no I don't have any ill will against Derek Lewis uh, for taking this opportunity or whatever. The, oh, the no. guy's going to do what he's going to do. You know, it's not his fault that do interim champs typically get half a million. Usually the champs pay is, is half a mil. That's not entirely true. 
a lot of times when you look at the champ's pay, it says 500k. Uh, well, first off, we have no idea what it's going to be because fewer and fewer states are releasing right. these figures. Now. Okay, but I it, would bet it it would be more like 350 or 250 or something okay. like that than than half a mil. I don't think it's always that. It depends on the deals. Every time I look on. at it, it it appears I I think I'm seeing 500 thousand. I think a lot. It, so, it just has a lot to do with the way people negotiate. I don't know this. I mean, this is just kind of. But what I'm saying, I, what will I understand the, in, will the it, interim but... champ carry the same? Well, it's still being treated as a as a championship fight, so I'm sure that the winner is going to get you know a sizable thing. But it's it's really not. I don't think it's going to be half a mil. I just that's just my two cents. Does the interim champ get the same venom cut that the the undisputed champ would get? I believe so. Yeah, I think it's any championship fight would be treated that way for okay. for the what is it called? the 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 per athlete yeah. compliance yeah. policy or whatever they renamed it at some point in the last few years. Yeah, I think for that intents and purposes. Yeah, but it, we're only talking about. I don't know the exact figure, but it was it used to be forty thousand for Reebok. I think it went up just a little bit with with Venom. So I don't uh, ballpark. Let's say it's forty five for the winner. Uh, if I although was, technically neither of these men is the actual champion, so I don't know. It might be less. If I was the owner of Venom, I'd be like, why are we making this an interim title fight? Well, make this a title fight? Come on. I think Venom's already paying the money. I think it's just oh, however the UFC already? does oh, it. Oh, yeah, I think it's entirely up to oh, the UFC okay. in their distribution right. of this money. So if anybody's complaining about that, it's probably uh, the UFC and their, their uh, uh, okay. payroll department. More work for them. Yeah, well, it's the same work. But anyway, let's. Uh, there is uh, an, another fight. Underneath this, it's the co-main event that uh, features uh, a little-known fighter who's, who's been around uh, for a little bit. Uh, Jose Aldo. Is that his name, sir? Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo Jr. That's yes. right. We've got Scarface back in the mix. I don't think he uses that nickname. I mean, he definitely doesn't use that nickname. I wonder if he even likes it. I don't know if he cares. He probably doesn't care too much. Like, whatever. I could hurt you if I wanted to, but I'm not going to because <laughs> I'm a nice enough guy. Uh, but we uh, we figured, you know what? He's had he's had a couple of interesting decisions uh, over the years. Not necessarily interesting in the sense of like, oh, who should have won, but some interesting scorecards and things like that. So we figured for past judgment this week, we would go back to the original UFC featherweight title fight with Jose Aldo putting the belt on the line against Mark Hominick because it produced a, a little bit of an interesting scoring uh, final scores, we should say, from this fight. Definitely interesting fight. Definitely a fun fight. Good good fight to introduce the featherweights to the, the UFC. I think so. I think so. And, uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll kind of dive right in now. But before we do, uh, as we do with this segment, especially since we haven't done it in, what, two weeks? Dan, let's go over how we score fights in in uh, past judgment. Yeah, I definitely didn't get rusty with this one. All oh, right. The CSJ criteria is basically the same as ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the 3Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. We just made a few key changes. 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither of the fighter checks one of the 3Ds by a large margin. 10A can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. Alrighty, set it up. Aldo Hominick. Yep, so this was UFC 129. It was the co-headliner here uh, at Rogers Center in Toronto on April 30th. 
2011. So just a little more than 10 years have passed since this. The headliner here was, of course, George St. Pierre defending his welterweight title against Jake Shields. Uh, and this event in particular, at the time at least, I'm pretty sure this record still stands, uh, it set the North American MMA attendance record with more than 55,000 people packing in the uh, the Rogers Center. I think this was the first event in a stadium, that's why. And in and in Canada. The first one in in uh, in a North American stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I don't th- I think you might be right as far as UFCs go. I'm I'm trying to remember if there's anything else, but yeah, I'm pretty sure this actually is this still stands as the record until ultimately. You've got to think they'll put one at uh, where the Cowboys play or where the uh, the Raiders play in Las Vegas. It's gonna happen. Oh, it's it's just a matter gonna of when. Happen. It's gonna be in Ganu and Jones. I can't believe it's gonna be. I can't believe that they still haven't put a fight on uh, at AT and T. The Texans, uh, or excuse me, the the um, Cowboys. We're talking about maybe Texans. Jerry Jones isn't a fan. Uh, I think uh, he's a fan of money. He and is. I think this That's will bring true. in a lot of it. And uh, I think every time he he thinks about getting money, he puts on that Skeletor smile, and he's (laughs) he's pretty happy about that. Uh, Not a Cowboys fan. You especially are not. I am not. (laughs) I don't really. Honestly, the Cowboys don't even bother me. It's it's uh, it's more uh, all my NFC South rivals. To uh, be my I the Eagles take top uh, top spot. You know what? I hate them too. Their fans are the worst. I'm not an Eagles fan. If you're an Eagles fan and you're listening to this, I hope you're not like the rest of the ones that we always think of when we think of Eagles fans because they could be really terrible. And Eric Colombian from South Jersey, he is a Bears fan. Yes, that's that's my understanding so, from Twitter, yeah. We did not offend him. No, no. <laughs> uh, getting back to this fight, of course. Uh, Aldo, he's only 24 years old uh, coming into this one. He's 18-1. and one. This is his first UFC title defense, like I mentioned, uh, because at the time uh, UF- UFC had finally absorbed WEC into its fold, getting rid of that, uh, the sister promotion there. Uh, they crowned Aldo as the featherweight champion because he was obviously the WEC champion. They said, okay, we're just going to make you the champion. Fine. I had no problem with that. It made sense. Uh, so this was his first title defense in the UFC. He won the belt originally from Mike Brown, who's, of course, the uh, the vaunted coach at American Top Team right now, doing real work there. It, honestly, a really impressive uh, career for Mike Brown overall. Uh, shout out to to the impressive path for him. Uh, but this was back in November 2009 when he dethroned uh, Mike Brown. And his only loss, Aldo's only loss, was at 155 pounds at this point. So he really is an unbeaten featherweight champion in that particular sense of 145 pounds. Hominick, 28 years old, 28-8 coming into this one. He'd won five in a row. And he did it in all three of kind of like the, well, not not all three because there was still one missing here, but kind of those uh, big talked about promotions at the time. One win for Affliction. Affliction. Wow. Mm-hmm. How many events they have? Two or three? Maybe? Have, maybe they had just two won. events and then they were supposed to have the third and then Josh Barnett uh, popped for uh, performance yeah. sentencing drugs. They canceled that show and the whole thing collapsed. The whole house of cards <laughs> fell. Uh, and then most of those guys got scooped up by, I believe, Strike Force, except uh, Vitor Belfort did go to the UFC. Okay. Yeah, I remember that one. Everyone kind of went their separate ways. Hominick went to the WEC, won three straight, and then he won his uh, UFC return because he had actually fought previously for UFC at 155 pounds going way back. Um, and that was a TKO win in the first round over a George Roop, which set this fight up. Judges here are Doug Crosby, Sal D'Amato, and Nelson Hamilton. The referee is Big John McCarthy, and we do not have 
individual round scores for this fight. However, I think we can probably make some educated guesses uh, along the way, and we'll do that. I mean, we'll, we'll make it clear. We're just speculating, but I think we pretty much got this. I think so. Yeah. Um. So round one, Dan, let's let's dive in. What's happening here? Yeah, round one. I thought this was a solid 10-9 for Aldo. Okay. Didn't really push to a 10-8 for me. He had ripping the body with lefts, good leg kicks, which we haven't seen in a long time from Aldo. I know. I miss them. Um, this was vintage uh, the way he used to fight. Man, I miss that. Decided to take it to the ground. He had decent ground and pound. He just didn't have enough uh, of it there. I, I think he checks damage with a pencil, <laughs> but not a pen. I see. So didn't really push for the 10-8 for me there. So I go 10-9. So here's the thing. I agree with you. I did go 10-9, but I was very, very torn on the 8. And the reason being, Hominick does almost nothing. That was another thought that was coming into my head, too. Hominick had, like, almost no offense. There's just about no offense he, from him. Yeah. On the feet, he did land that left early, which... <sighs> that might have been it. It really like, might have been Like, that really might have been it. Is that yeah. enough to I stave off an eight? Probably not. In, even no. in our, especially in our scoring set. That's the thing. I'm, I'm like, yeah. ta- talking myself into it. I'm, st- I'm going to stick with my nine. I'm going to say it's a really good nine in our system. Mm-hmm. But it's also a case where if you wanted to say... Hey, I think we can call it an eight here because there's just not enough happening from Hominick's side. I get it. I couldn't. I couldn't fault yeah, it at all. Yeah, I would. It, Hominick not really having much, I think, is a stronger case to go for it. Than, yes. than Aldo actually getting there. Yeah, if you want to just talk about Aldo in particular, mm-hmm. the offense that he provides as opposed to the counter offense that is being provided against him. Yeah, I don't see enough urgency. Uh, in, in a lot of these strikes, I think he's being a little uh, meticulous with it and, and kind of picking his spots there. And you know, maybe he's not landing as flush as he could have and that kind of thing. Because we're on the ground for three minutes or so, and it's not uh, the pace is not very high. He's kind of just content to sit, you know, mostly in guard, right? Yeah. So I, I think I'm I'm comfortable with my nine, but I would totally be okay with someone, especially if someone wanted to be like, you know, I think we can make a really good case for an eight here. Why, why don't we think of this as an eight? Yeah. I using, could get it. I could get it. Using our our scoring. Of course. Of yeah. course. Yeah. It's all about us. Also, I just want to point out, in our previous past judgment, Joe Rogan was very, very anti-stand-ups at UFC 68. Now mm-hmm. we're at UFC 129, <laughs> and he's almost being like, hey, I'm going to just grab on, hold on for dear life, and hope you get stood up. Like, he changes tune completely. <laughs> that Shocking. <laughs> You're telling me that Joe Rogan doesn't go where the wind goes? <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> anyway, um, I, I think we can probably uh, just assume all three judges gave this one a 10-9 for Aldo. Yeah. That, I think that's reasonable. We'll, we'll get you. We'll tell you at the end what the final scores are. But again, we'll, we'll kind of update along the way where we think that they ended up putting down. Uh, round two. Anything different here, sir? I thought it was a close round. Yeah, I think so, too. And probably the closest round of the fight. Yeah, I, I thought Hominick was winning slightly on the feet. I uh, Maybe he wasn't. I, Aldo's punches were debatable. definitely heavier. It's debatable, at least. Yeah, how those punches were heavier, but Hominick was landing some, you know, decent amount of them. But once it's on the ground, Aldo lands enough ground and pound to just win it. So ten nine Aldo. I think so. There's not a whole lot to add to this one. It, you know, it kind of was exactly what you broke down. A close, close round. I don't think you'd make an argument. I think it, very close but clear. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I'd go here, and and I have to assume all three judges did as well. That's that's how this is probably breaking down. Round three. Now we start to get a little bit more interesting again. Yeah, this was competitive on the feet. Uh, both were landing pretty good. Aldo is landing with more power, Hominick more volume, and then Aldo rocks him. Forces Hominick to shoot, 
And then from there, he added some shots. I thought he was close to a finish. Didn't get it. Kind of took his foot off the gas. 10-8, Aldo. Yeah, I would agree. It's. Uh, I think this is a solid 10-8 for us. Yep. You know, not not one that you'd go one way or the other necessarily. But yeah, he, he had him hurt. I mean, he's landing good kicks throughout, you know, kind of this later mm-hmm. stage of the fight as well. Like, the, the kicks are starting to show that Hominick is really not enjoying this. No. You know, he's, he's not able to put on much of a poker face anymore. And Lord knows he's a... Uh experienced kickboxer as we were told many times that, that is true and he, i mean look he is he is a solid mma kickboxer that is for sure but uh i think we've with 10 years of hindsight behind us i think we also <laughs> realize that jose aldo is an excellent kickboxer for mma as well mainly because of his soccer right yeah oh yeah because of the soccer <laughs> we got so many former soccer players who do this it, was it rogan or was it uh goldie who was talking about this no rogan said well i mean he makes a good it's a good point i mean if you play soccer for that many years you can have strong legs of so. course and and probably have good technique on how to kick the ball yeah. using your hips and and really mm-hmm. put everything into it yeah it, it makes a lot of sense but he's you know he's throwing shout outs yeah. to uh kenny florian and uh, <laughs> ricardo arona it made me think of too uh i believe courtney casey a much more uh, recent example, I believe she was also a former soccer player, if okay. I'm not mistaken, uh, potentially in college, but I'm trying to remember. Mm. Uh, I just thought of that during this, so I'm not I'm not going to fact check that. You fact check it yourself if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I had this one as a, a 10-8 for Aldo. So, you know, before we had it uh, through two rounds, we had a 20-18. to 18. You and I have it the same still, so we've both got it 30-26. to 26. Mm-hmm. for Aldo with uh with a CSJ 10-8 in there and I yep. would think probably this round also was unanimous 10-9s for Aldo but I'll put it out here now one of these two rounds that's coming up is going to be I I, I have to think that Judge Doug Crosby gave one of these two rounds a 10-8 for Aldo based on what his final score is. Three and four, yeah. Yeah, well, f- I- I'm not sure which one exactly. We can talk about that uh, after you kind of break down round four, which, you know, might as well get into it, right? Yeah, Aldo uh, comes out. He, n- he, I thought the leg kicks this round were really heavy. Good punches to the body, to the head. Then Aldo knocks him down, then lands that elbow that uh, causes that huge hematoma over. giant hematoma that basically joe rogan's immediately just transfixed by as he is with all sorts yeah. of strange <laughs> medical happenings in a fight it just <laughs> he, he drops everything and is almost like you can't take your eyes off of it it's hypnotizing and true yeah this this really was a giant hematoma sitting this, on it this was huge they actually had the doctor come in and check it which i feel like for the placement of it being like well above the eye, but still kind of in the on the forehead, and I, I'm just surprised they even stopped to check on it because like there's no actual bleeding right now. Yeah, and what what's strange about this stop? This John McCarthy stops him, has the doctor check him, and then they reset on the feet. Yeah, so. that was that was a weird stoppage, I think, for or a, a weird decision from uh, Big John there. The only thing I think of is there, you know, there were times in that fight where he's, you know. He's got tired of up, the yeah. inaction going on, and he reset them on the feet as well. Um, so he was resetting them, and then after the reset, checked on, check uh, on it. Maybe a combination. Yeah, I mean, if you know, if we want to bend over backwards to say that that's what Big John was doing, that makes perfect sense. Maybe mm-hmm. that is really what his thinking was. But you know, it, I agree. I thought it was a little interesting too to not put them back in the position. Yeah. So, so the damage is there for Aldo this round. I don't think it pushes to a ten-seven mainly because Aldo's not pushing for a finish he's just content 
to land a shot here and there. Yeah, he's not showing the killer instinct or the or the the will to get that impressive finish in his first mm-hmm. UFC fight, which is a little surprising. I th- I would have thought, especially coming after his WEC career in which he was just such a buzzsaw. Yeah. Plus, we learned that he supposedly there was a press conference leading up to this event that he left early because he felt lightheaded from the weight cut. They were talking about that during the broadcast. So, yes. Could have yeah, played ta- fact. Talking about how hard the uh, the weight cuts to 145 were for Aldo back then, and we remember all the stories about that. And now he fights at 135 pounds consistently. Wild. Changed the way It's so crazy. I mean, yeah. I mean, you change your lifestyle, obviously. It doesn't seem like he's fought diminished at 135 either. No. No, no more diminished than just being a combat sports athlete who's 34 years old and has been fighting a long time in a lot of long fights and brutal fights. Yeah. Or not getting pummeled. Yeah. So... That's besides the point. Yeah, but anyways, as far as uh, the score in this round, what did, what did you end up with? I forget. If we 10-8 here. 10-8. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. had the 10-8-2. Um, didn't quite get there for me either. Uh, it was, I would say, of the four rounds that now Aldo has won for us, I'm going to say this is the closest to a 10-7. Yeah, it was close. Mm-hmm. But I don't think but it quite got there. No. He so, could have got there. He I did, mean, maybe. He chose not to. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, you're right. I think it was it was an active, not an active decision not to push it, but it was, he just didn't go as hard as he probably could have if he, if he was chasing a, a score like that. And obviously, we're talking about 10 years ago. Yeah. Scoring then was just a little bit different as far as it's worded in the criteria. And you just didn't see as many 10-8s back then. Although, to that point, Doug Crosby, we are pretty certain, gave a 10-8 in either round three or round four. I'm going to guess that it was this round. I could say I, I, I'd agree. But just from looking at the body of work from Doug Crosby and looking at all the rounds that he gives scores for and being familiar with all the data and all this stuff, I have to say, it's not always easy to predict why Doug Crosby <laughs> gave a 10-8 when he did or when he gave a fighter a round when he did or not. He's, look, I don't know the man, but it's honestly, sometimes it just seems like he's uh, kind of doing his own thing. What can you do? <laughs> if, if I'm a fighter... I hope he's not on my fight. Just finish. <laughs> just how just it is. Finish I just your don't, fight, I don't. I don't want. Yeah, finish the fight. Absolutely. <laughs> it probably still a step above the uh, the Houston judges, which we'll touch upon just little a little bit, bit yeah. later. But uh, so at this point now, you and I, we have the same scorecard. We're lockstep right now through four rounds. We have it forty to thirty four for Alda, which is an entirely insurmountable lead yeah. for him. Right. And even on the judges' scorecards, again, it's everybody has it. We assume. Uh, 40 to 36, as except for uh, Doug Crosby, we assume it's 40 to 35 in favor for Aldo. So everybody is looking at Hominick needs the finish to win this fight. And I have to think that his corner knows this. I think he knows this going into round five. But at least we do see some signs of life from him in round five, right? Yeah, and it seems like he had to get hurt to be woken up, too. He, I mean, yeah, he was in trouble. <laughs> he, he, he gets hit with a heavy right hand that forces him to shoot. And this time he actually gets the takedown, ends up on top. And but there's also the, uh, Aldo looks for the guillotine a little bit there true too. too. I don't yeah, want to think yeah. that. Aldo did attack the guillotine. I, I find that's more of a last ditch. Oh, I'm getting taken down. Let me. Try it is something. offensive though. That's yeah, true. It's effective offense. But he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't close there. I'm mixed up, and and for like three minutes he's just pounding on him. Yeah, but from guard, no, yeah, no attempt pass. to move. He didn't pass. Which strange. They were actually in that position, Dan, for like a good four minutes, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. They got down there at about 45 seconds. That's when, when oh, okay. he kind of ended up in the guillotine. And I think he got out pretty shortly thereafter. So, yeah, good four minutes down there of top uh, ground and pound from guard. Yeah. So he, he was pounding them out pretty good. And uh, sometimes even posturing up pretty well, too. 10 8 Hominick in this one. Yeah. He didn't quite get there. He never really put 
Aldo in enough trouble that you'd say, wow, is he going to, is the fight going to be stopped? You know, everyone kind of can see it looks like Aldo's tired because he's not mm-hmm. really, he's very much lying down, like, you know, sprawled out with his back on, down as opposed to kind of looking up and trying to move around and that kind of thing. He does seem a little more tired, but as much as Hominick's landing, and I think he's landing well. And there's not a whole lot of return coming from Aldo. There's not a lot of urgency in trying to stand up or any of that. Yeah, I don't see any, I guess, maybe not attempt to finish the fight, because I'm sure he's trying to throw punches that will eventually lead to the finish. But I just didn't see him get to that point where he had Aldo really hurt, which I think what you were saying, right? Yeah, Aldo, I don't think he was really in danger of being finished. He just had to... You know, his gas took, tank had to take a little him bit of there. a beating, though. Yeah, he, 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 he definitely got beat up. Yeah, so 10 8 out or 10, 10 8 Hominick, I should say. Yeah, 10 8 Hominick. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the right call. Um, and then the judges uh, for this one, they all saw it for Hominick, of course. Uh, there was debate over who, w- which judge ended up giving the 10 8s here, just based on the scores that we have in front of us. We have uh, final score from Doug Crosby 48 45. So that's why we're assuming there were four rounds won by. Aldo and then a 10-8 for Hominick, although we're also saying a 10-8 for Aldo and one of the probably one of those rounds because otherwise it would have been a 48-46. 48-46 ended up being the score from Nelson Doc Hamilton. So we are to assume that yes, first four rounds Aldo, 10-8 for Hominick. Sal D'Amato had a much more clear scorecard, 49-46. So it's gotta be the first four rounds for Aldo and the fifth for Hominick, but only yeah. a 10-9. Here's the question: If it was, uh, if you were doing for ABC scoring today, modern ABC scoring, sir, is this a ten eight or a ten nine? Ooh, for Hominick in the fifth round. You can make the case ten eight for sure. I mean, you got damage and you got duration. I think so. I think it's probably a a fight where you would see one judge ended up at the ten eight, but I don't think you would get two or three. That's just you know based on how often we tend to see these things happen. I mean that doesn't mean it would go mm-hmm. that way or another, but just I would assume that's how it kind of ended up playing out. Yeah, or maybe it's just a ten nine. I don't know. I I don't know. Strong ten nine. Yeah, it's it's a strong ten nine. That's a safe score. It is. It is. That's that's probably what uh, some of the commissions would prefer now after uh, the wrath of Dana White threw off all the calculus of the uh, the ten eight round. Although I don't think he'd be upset tell. if this if this similar round happened because it's more of a uh, butt whooping. Well, if you <laughs> so look, if you want to talk about uh, people who go with the flow and twist in the wind and change their opinions all the time, I think we don't have to go much <laughs> further than Dana White on the ideas of what is a ten eight or a ten yeah, nine. I mean, the only reason that was because Izzy's a big star and you don't want to see him. I have I don't a bad know if that's entirely part of it. I think he does actually have like opinions of these things, but it's yeah. just, he changes them all the time. That's the problem. Uh, you might not be wrong, but I, that's just my two cents. All right. Uh, but that is it for this fight. Uh, Aldo ended up winning, of course, like by the scores we said. And uh, Mark Hominick, he didn't fight too many more times. Uh, I believe it was the next fight, actually. He got knocked out uh, in, in eight seconds, seven seconds by uh, TKZ, yep. Korean Zombie. And then I think he only fought a couple more times and he was done. So Ended his career early. Uh, Sean Tompkins, of course, his coach, uh, prematurely uh, passed away. And that was unfortunate. So I imagine that probably took a lot of the, mm. the heart out of it, you know, a lot of the life out of the career for someone like mark hominick i can i can totally understand that that's tough yeah for sure yeah he was his loss was felt by a lot of fighters and a lot of people in the sport uh but that is uh it for this fight aldo of course is is active this weekend we'll get to that in just a moment but ufc 265 in houston like we said lewis and gan fight itself forget about the side stuff just this fight what do you think about it it's a fun fight 
Maybe. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, yeah. Actually, okay. okay. Yeah, I want to hear it. I it's hear it. maybe a fun fight. We thought Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou was going to be awesome. And it was... We were quite, very wrong. It was quite literally the opposite of what anybody thought it would be. Now, well, there's probably some people who saw it, but you know. Cyril Gann, very calculated. You seem to believe that he's trying to... Maybe not entirely, but he's trying to get that cage time. So he's he's fighting less risky right but i do think this is the fight where you're trying to get to you know there's actually a championship on the line here granted it's still not the actual belt and you know who knows what he thinks of an interim belt i i'm hoping that he's gonna be the justin gaethje mentality of i don't even want to touch that belt just leave it on the ground and walk away but he probably won't he'll probably be very happy to have it and and, you know that's his right it it is what it is yeah but but yeah i mean if look if you're here to try to become a champion and you look at that belt as you are a champion i mean you're not just looking at log cage time maybe the heels still fight that strategy because it might be the best way to avoid the power from Derek lewis but i think he's gonna do what curtis blades didn't which is wrestle okay and uh i don't think it's gonna work Derek Lewis is going to win this one. Really? TKO. Mm-hmm. Now, is it TKO by the method that you wrote on our whiteboard to my that left, is, sir? That is the bonus point. Okay, so why, for... don't you, why don't you elaborate? What is that? Oh, he's going to hit him with a TKO from the Omoplata. <laughs> so he's going to throw up an Omoplata, sit up, and then pound him out. Yeah. Um, Omoplata. That's probably the most likely yes. scenario. If you're, if he's you're a blue a... belt. I, he I, could do it. I have no doubt. I'm a blue belt too. <laughs> he and I have the same rank. Are you blue belt still, or do you get your purple? No, no, blue belt. Okay, I've been out for a bit. Yeah, well, I've been out a lot, way longer than you, sir. Yeah, and I miss it. One of these days, when my kids stay in school long enough that I can go to an afternoon class, <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. That would be nice, and hopefully, you know, COVID will be gone. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, for this fight. It's always hard to count out Derek Lewis because he's literally one bomb away no matter what's mm-hmm. happening in the fight. But I'm going to pick Gann. I think he's he fights very smart. He he very he is very willing to stick to a game plan, and he, he does fight the right way. I don't think he's going to be crazy. I think he's going to do a lot more of the you know fighting on the outside and just uh, you know pick his spots, avoid the hell where he can. I, my understanding, I, I forget who it was with. It might have been an interview with Aaron Bronstetter uh, from TSN. I can't remember, but I want to say Gan was saying, oh, yeah, I told all my training partners to just throw Hail Marys at me all day. <laughs> like, he just he just wanted them to throw bombs, like, as opposed to, like, training like they were normal. <laughs> so, right. so, you know, you have to think he's at least ready for it. Try to take my head off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why not? <laughs> so, no, I, I think he'll fight the right fight. I think he's... I'm, you know, you usually don't say heavyweight's going to win by decision, but actually I'm going to go with a uh, Cyril Gann decision that we're going to need the judges for. All right. That's that's my pick here. And those judges, uh, I mean, we're in Houston. I think if you're a regular listener of the show and you listened uh, going back a few months when the last time we were in Houston, and if you pay enough attention, you understand that Texas judging is um, erratic. It's not always going to function the same way they bring in much fewer traveling judges than usual i think we had three last time probably two or three this time if i'm gonna be a betting man uh you know hopefully we get someone like sal D'Amato there who's obviously one of the the best judges that we have and last time they didn't put the all three traveling on the main did they 
They split them. Uh, I believe they split them up. Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't do that this time. No, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I actually, they didn't end up needing them was the thing. So, yeah, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I didn't actually include in my notes. That would have been a good thing to put in my notes, huh? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, uh, I think we just have to sit here and hope that we don't get uh, the Patrick Patlin and, and Joe Solis assignments that we've gotten in over the last couple times we've been in Houston. I don't. I would not be uh, very happy if I was a fighter and I saw those two names uh, ended up being on my fight. I don't know how much advance notice they get for that, whether they know or not. Um, you know, I sometimes I'm able to uh, learn what that is and I try to put it on social media, but the fighters are not following me, I would assume, to find that out. Well, they can if you want. Uh, but there are capable judges in Texas. You just they, they do weird things with the, with the way they do assignments there, and I'm, I'm just not confident. Here's the thing. I see a lot of matchups that could go haywire on the scorecards. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like, often. <laughs> Fazeev and Green. Who knows? Rafael Fazeev and, uh, and Bobby Green, right? Yeah. Uh, Song Yadong and Casey Kenny. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, uh, a Bantamweight fight like that, that's definitely going to the judges. Right. T- Tisha Torres, Angela Hill. That will go to the judges, 100%. Oh. And I can only imagine that either... Angela Hill is going to be sweating out and finally get one of these to go her way, or she's going to be super, super mad. <laughs> Luke and Chiesa, I mean, it's a great fight too. Both guys good everywhere. That one I can actually see more likely gets like a, a clear, if it goes to a decision, It's yeah. I'm going to say it's probably a clear Chiesa win. Okay. That's just my pick. If it, well, he's a great grappler, but Luke is good too. Uh, but your, your fight you're most looking forward to? My fight is actually uh, Jose Aldo. I you know I stole this one before you could pick it, mm-hmm. and uh, he's going against Pedro Munoz, 135 pounds. I I like this fight. It's a good fight. Um, it's actually kind of unfortunate one of them's gonna lose, but I'm very torn. But I am going to pick Aldo decision. I don't know. I mean, Munoz is always in close fights. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Munoz Aldo's been decision. in some closer fights too lately. Yeah. That's that. I mean, that's what worries me. Yeah, this that's so the thing. What, my judge, pick. What the so, judge is gonna do on this one? I'm gonna go Pedro Munoz decision. Yeah. Okay. I think it'll be a good fight regardless, though. I so. I agree. I think, gosh, if you want to try and avoid getting real mad this weekend, <laughs> it's probably a best way to just go in and be like, look, I don't know what the judge is going to say here, but let's just hope that the fighters perform. Let's hope we have an entertaining fight, and let's hope that the guy that I thought or won, or the woman that I thought won does, in fact, get the win. Mm-hmm. You can only hope, though. And it depends on how the assignments are done, of course, and it depends on what judges end up being down there. But again, it, it, there is no reason that anyone should feel confident in the Houston, Texas judging heading into this weekend. I, I just I can't say it any more clearly. than that. Yeah. What's your fight, though? What's, what's the one you're looking forward to? I'm looking forward to uh, Michael Chiesa and Vicente That's Luque. That's the one. OK, right. I think it's a good matchup. Chiesa's on a run. He looked great against. Uh, why do I always forget these guys? Neil names? Magny? Neil Magny. I was going to say Jeff Neal, but yeah, Neil Magny. No, no, no. no. Jeff Neal fought Neil Magny at some point. Yeah, yeah. they did. <laughs> <laughs> no, he looked great against Neil Magny. I think he's going to try to employ a similar strategy, and I think it'll work, but I think it's going to be a much more exciting fight. So who's going to win? He has a decision. Okay. I'm also going to say he has a decision, but I and nothing against uh, Mikey Mav, but I do hope Luke wins because I think Luke would make a, a much more interesting challenger for the welterweight championship potentially. And he just beat he just beat Tyron Woodley pretty handily. Yeah. So I mean, he's always in an excellent fight. Mm-hmm. So I hope that's what we get. I hope it's not you know kind of a, a wrestle fest, which is yeah. Again, 
I can appreciate that, but I don't want that in my Vicente Luque fight. That's just not where I want yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's it's a waste of Vicente Luque. <laughs> so you're saying you, you're hoping he wins because you want to see Luque and Usman. Yeah, I, th- I just something. think that would be a much more interesting That's matchup. That's a fun fight. Aesthetically. Aesthetically. I, I don't have a rooting interest other than I just want to see cool fights. See, I think Kiesa Usman would be interesting for the grappling aspect because I, I don't think he would take a Colby Covington approach where he knows that wrestling cancels out and they'll just strike and see who's the better striker. I think he would actually try to grapple. I think it wouldn't be an easy easy test for Usman. I think Kamara Usman would totally annihilate right, we'll, we'll see if, if, even if, if he even gets there we'll if see if he even gets there obviously we're getting put you know cart, cart before the horse on that yeah and ed herman is still fighting just point that out good for him who is he fighting alonzo menafield okay all right that'll be fun yes i'm going herman uh heel hook uh, i'll go alonzo menafield heel hook all right <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> And that does it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. We'll be back again on Monday to break down all the judging from this weekend. Thanks for listening, everybody. Glad uh, to be back for our midweek. This is the last. This is the last uh, Friday show we'll do for a little bit, I think. Uh, but we'll be. Uh, yeah, we'll do this again for the next pay per view, right? Yeah, sometime in September, probably. Absolutely. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>